welcome to the UK Flooring Podcast. A podcast for flooring professionals, contractors, retailers, and anyone that's connected to the flooring industry. We deep dive into the lives of flooring professionals, new and old, contractors, meeting the big boss, and also experiences we found that may be valuable to you as a listener. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. First of all, who is CFV Direct? So CFV Direct basically all started uh, during lockdown. At the start, we started the company for our own house. So we were looking for granite and tiles to put into our own house. Um, so we started off with Clinstone, which was our, the first company that we did. My dad's name is Kalyan, so he removed the two A's which is why it was called Clinstone first. And we started importing stone worktops and porcelain tiles from the start um, because we needed these products for our own house at the start. So we ended up buying a few containers. Um, The rest of the container that we brought in for our house, the rest of the containers ended up being sold out before it actually reached us. So that's how the actual company started because we couldn't find the products we needed. Um, locally and if we did they were extremely priced extremely pricey how long ago was that when did it when was that first container on the water that was at two that was january 2014 the when we did our house renovation and then then you've moved on over lockdown to lvt was that the same was your dad building another house and you thought hang on let's we need some flooring or how did that come about uh, so in the final year of uni, um, we had a company uh, where we had to do a development for them. So we had 30 flats, 14 flats and nine flats. We were renting out the accommodation from a, a construction company. So then they asked us to tender for the project. Uh, we tendered for the project. Um, we ended up winning the job and there was enough sort of margins that were made on the job. So we thought, you know what, we we could actually start a flooring business here. And then it all started from doing one tender from the for the company that we were renting from. Right. And then now you've got the biggest stock in the UK of cars drybacks. So that's quite a journey. How how did you get to there? How have you so during the lockdown, um I saw I had COVID during lockdown, so I was in bed for about two to three weeks where I couldn't really do anything. Yeah. So during those weeks, I can't really do nothing the way I am. I just have to be active and do things. So I just started um, connecting and networking with the various floor layers all around the country and just built up relationships with different companies, floor layers, and started spreading the word that we can supply LVT and anything that can be palletized to other floor layers and um, shops around the country. So literally, did you go to uni, finish uni, and then was that at the end of, well, the beginning of lockdown? Um, you know, where's your journey started? Um, so I've been in the business, so straight after uni, I joined the business, and it's been about 10 to about 12 years now we've been doing this. But lockdown, obviously, the B2B has been started for the last three years is where we've been doing B2B. Yeah. 
I can't believe it. Yeah. I mean, it is literally uh, COVID seems a long, long while ago now, but it's uh, it's getting it's getting on. To, yeah, three years. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, what at the moment is your ideal customer? Are you, are you supplying shops? Are you supplying contractors? Or what what business are you doing predominantly at the moment now? At the moment, we're looking to supply um, all the shops, ideally, firstly, the platinum stand holders. So anyone that's got a, a car stand or any of their displays, they're the first people that we're looking to look after. We're basically looking to build partnerships with um, other shops, floor layers, people that specialize in LVT flooring. And why did you choose cars? Uh, I mean, there's loads and loads of LVT manufacturers, but what, why and why was that decision made? Uh, so we, we've done a lot of um, sales for various brands, but as soon as we started doing cars, we noticed that a lot of fitters kept coming back for the same sort of product. And they've also got a unique selling point where their product is got a ceramic coated wear layer compared to a PU layer. So we just thought it's got a bit more of a selling point. And as soon as we started using that in the showroom, it started selling for us. So then if it's selling for us, we know other showrooms and fitters will be able to replicate and sort of sell the same product. And I think one thing we've discussed in the past when we've when we've had a coffee was um, you've actually brought your own colour in, which I found really interesting, or, or your own product. It's still in cars, boxes, but you've got some unique products. What What are those? Uh, yes, yeah, so we have a lot of customers asking for the three colours, which is Wentwood, Yukon and Tega, to be made as a herringbone. But Cars didn't offer this these three products as a herringbone. So we've actually had to had these, we've actually had jobs where we had fitters actually cutting up the planks into herringbone. Right. And obviously it takes up a lot of time, costly. You've got to cut it, you've got to rebevel it, and it was obviously a time-consuming job, but there was multiple customers that kept asking us for the same thing. So we approached Cars uh, about the three colours, and they manufactured it for us. Right, fab. And you've got them now in the UK ready to rock. That's correct, yeah. Class. Um, and then the other thing is, one of the questions I always ask on a podcast is how you've grown a great team, but since I've known you, you've opened another depot and stuff. So how did another branch come, come? And then how have you been able to grow the team? Because I'm assuming you can't split yourself in half uh, very well. So how have you done that? Uh, so we started obviously with just uh, Wembley branch, Clinstone. And then obviously during lockdown and recently, we've got CFE Direct in Luton. Um, so the reason CFB Direct in Luton came about was we were supplying a lot of floor layers and shops within the Luton, Leighton Buzzard, the Bedfordshire area, Milton Keynes. There was a lot of floor layers in this area and it was taking a lot of time for them to visit Clinstone, obviously in Wembley, because it was a bit further out. And we ended up doing so many deliveries around this area. So we thought the next logical step is to find a warehouse that's outside of London closer to Luton and an area where it'll be easier for flawless shops to be able to collect goods. Okay. And and how how have you found it growing staff members? What what have you put in place to bring the right team on to service the customers? Uh, so we've been looking for uh, people that are ideally locally local to Luton. So we've got a kitchen designer because we've obviously do other stuff outside of floors. So we do kitchen, bathroom, tiles and worktops. 
So we've got a kitchen and bathroom designer we've taken on that was quite local. And we've taken on a rep um, that was has been in the flooring industry for the last 20 odd years. So we wanted someone that's got experience in the industry. And then he the plan is for him and me, myself, to be able to grow the team together. Investment-wise, obviously, we've talked about stock and buildings and everything like that. But since in the last 10 years, what would you think the biggest investment you and the, the family have done to, to grow the business to where it is now? So the first major investment is to obviously buy um, the Luton property. It's a, it's a freehold property. So we own the building. Um, it started off as a shell. Then we had to get a mezzanine built here. And we've also got... a two offices on the second floor so the main investment has been actually buying the property and as soon as you buy the property you've got to do it up so again that was a major cost and then obviously um since being since becoming a cars distributor we've obviously had to have a lot of their stock so we've pretty much at current we've got every single color of their dryback in stock apart from one color at the moment with that journey what's the biggest mistake you've made big question <laughs> there yeah. must be a couple along the way somewhere Bavesh. probably certain colors taken into stock that probably didn't sell as fast as we wanted but it all sells uh, once you put a product on clearance you usually end up getting floor layers or fitters that actually do want to buy it so even if you're not making a profit on the product you can still buy it and you can still help others out and as long as they're making a bit of profit out of it for us it's not about just us making money it's got to work for everyone so everyone that we're supplying to they should be benefiting as well so even if we don't benefit every single time as long as someone else does then it's still a winner yeah i like it and what's what's next for you guys are we going to see you up north or are you going to stay in the south or what have you got a five-year plan Yes, yeah, so at current we're looking to grow the Luton branch, um, grow the team, have a full-time where a couple of full-time warehouse managers here. So as soon as someone orders a product, it can get palletized and shipped out. Uh, we're not looking to open any more branches because we're already sort of using pallet companies that do that sort of job for us. Okay. If we do need additional space, we are looking into fulfillment centers where they store a pallet for us uh, for X pound per pallet per week. And that's probably the next most viable option in terms of not forking out another big investment on a warehouse. So you're not having to, you well, then you can get more stock, but not in your own place, basically. Exactly, yeah. And in general, um, the flooring industry can be, a, can be a lonely place, it could be very good place but i mean you've got a great great network but what do you think is the biggest challenge at the moment with the flooring industry the biggest challenge at the moment is the new fitters uh, the new generation of fitters um and training i would say um there doesn't seem like there's one center that all work together so what we'd like to see in the future is sort of one sort of body that is sort of in charge of the whole industry that work together and put a plan together, even manufacturers, shops, everyone coming together and building, building a framework where it benefits everyone. 
and new fitters need to be obviously at the right standards. So there was a lot of old generation fitters that could fit to a very good standard. And uh, now it's getting harder and harder to find LVT fitters, especially as even you get laminate wood, carpet specialists that have been doing it a long time and people willing to train the new generation. Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges with um, the, you know, the LVT guys are very much, you know, LVT and the guys that do the carpets are carpet guys. There's not a huge amount of multi-skilled um, that can fit most products. So I think that's maybe where the challenge would be is the training centers that are out there specialize in certain things um, because they're from different backgrounds. So yeah, I don't, I don't know how we could execute that as a, I was going to say global, but no, more like a UK-wide um, body because I suppose you would have to have board members that were experts in different areas. Um, yeah. So sort of like a carpet guy. And a, but it might be a really good idea to try and bring, because there definitely seems to be a divide between, um, I would say, the wood flooring and the sanding guys to the carpet and the LVT guys. Um, do you find that? Yeah, so people that are doing wood, that's pretty much what they're doing day in, day out. You don't get a lot of wood fitters fitting other products like LVT. A lot of people are starting to recently um, dab their toes into different products, but you want the person fitting the, your floors to be a specialist in that department. That's right. Or that certain floor covering. Yeah, no, that's, that's it. So how do you think we could try and formulate that into a... Have you had any thoughts of how, how we could bring it all together because I'm a bit stumped with it yeah I think we need uh, experts in each industry first uh, a couple of experts say wood experts you got carpet LVT uh, you need the major manufacturers to get involved yeah um, all the different training centers I think there needs to be some sort of a meeting between a quite a big team of people and just coming up with a plan where everyone can work together Almost coming up with, like, you know, when you go to school, you've got a syllabus, some sort of a syllabus for the flooring industry. Yeah, so you could then translate that into, uh, uh, yeah, into a, yeah, into a, a certain product. It would be one, one fit, fits all. That's, um, well, funny that the, the um, I think our next podcast um, guest is a mutual person that we know, uh, Dan Evans. And when he was, when we, we were together at um, your um, Luton branch. Um, he was explaining what is required to enter the carpet fitter of the year, and I was just blown away because I'm not from a carpet background. But he was, you know, the hoops those boys have to jump through um, to to apply and to sort of take parts. It's mega. Um, but if it could be something like that, that would, you know, like a like a syllabus, as you said. Um, but it might be just a challenge getting all the egos in the room from all the different training centers and all the uh, and all the manufacturers i'm sure there'll be a, a difference of opinion somewhere there always is i think so but if someone took it by the the rough of the neck i think that would be uh, that would be a good thing so if anyone's listening to the show and wants to wants to take responsibility for the whole uk um i think that would be awesome um so uh what we'll do is i've got some Fun questions, um, and then you can uh, see what you think of these. So, if you won ten million on the lottery tonight, what would you spend it on, Babesh? 
Um, I'd probably just keep going as I'm going. I wouldn't really change anything. I'd probably buy a little bit more stock of the cars LVT. Buying at this year, say if I buy it this year, I'm not going to get the January price increases. So whatever stock I've got space for, I'd probably fill up the stock. But I wouldn't do anything out of the ordinary. No, no holidays, no cars, no nothing. Just no. I'm happy with what I've got. So <laughs> fair play. If I wanted something, I'd. If if I wanted something that bad, I would probably have got it by now. But I don't think money is gonna play a major part in any changes. No. Sunbathing or skiing? What type of holiday do you like? Uh, sunbathing. As long as there's a bit of sun, then then it's amazing. And Five Guys or Burger King? Uh, neither. I don't eat out, so it's pretty much just home prepared food for me, so it's different. Especially when you meet me in Wembley for a coffee and we can't even get us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Class. Right, Bivesh, we're nearly at the end of the podcast, um, but because we're nearly at the end of 2022, which I can't believe it's it's nearly Christmas, but What's the game plan for 2023 for uh, CFB Direct? Going to start off with um, connecting with uh, more shops and floorless. We've been given quite a few um, cars display stands at a reduced price, uh, which we are looking to um, push into the market, different showrooms. Um, we're also in contact with um, the manufacturer that actually builds the stands. So we're looking to get the stands more as the dryback version. So there's certain products that come in click. So we want to offer people exactly what they want. So there's no point us having a stand with them and they've got five or six products that they're not going to sell. So we're looking to get bespoke display boards made for them. For example, the three colors we've got in Herringbone, um, it's not been made by cars on their display stands as it wasn't a product when they launched. So... We're looking to add various sort of display stands and marketing that can help the shops around the country and even the floor layers. Will the new stands, the, the, the ones outside of the cars ones, will they be own branded for the shops or will they be with cars branding on or just bespoke to you? There'll be the car stands. Um, so it's, it's stands that are currently active. It's just we're just going to make new display boards with our colours as well as other dryback colours that may not already be on the stands. I mean, that makes me quite a good in, quite good question because you don't hold any stock or not very much stock, as far as I know, um, of the click. Um, why? What was that decision? Why did you make that decision? Um, so the way I've looked at it is um, per amount of space in the warehouse. So I've looked at. In a pallet of cars OVT dryback, you get 68 packs times 3.9. So you get 265.2 square meters in a pallet, which takes up a meter by 1.2 in depth. So I can get three pallets on top of each other. So in that small amount of space, I'm filling in 265 times three worth of quantity of LVT. If I start stocking other products, say the click, in a click, I think there's about 2.3 or you get less meterage within that pallet. So instead of that 265 meterage, 
I'm only going to be able to stock about 100 meters in the same amount of space. So I'm getting three times as much product in stock with the dry bag than any other product that I've seen. And I think, I mean, I might be completely wrong, but I think in the wood world, it's it's similar. But the, the real diehard LVT um, experts much prefer the dry bag anyway. You know, they're not, they're not they, they don't want to be, yes, it's easy to fit the click, but from what I can see, they, they don't like fitting the click either. So it kind of fits both. You don't have to stock it and they don't have to fit it. Is that what you found? Yeah. or? Yeah, so when I look at a click or a dry bag, um, I would say click can only work, work in certain scenarios. Um, so personally, if, when I'm in the showroom, I would only sell a click, let's say in a bedroom where you're not going to get any direct sunlight. I'm looking to avoid any potential risks that could occur with a product. So as a click product, it's a floating floor. So as soon as you put a heavy object on it, so let's just say you ended up fitting a click um, in a ground floor and then you've put a heavy kitchen island on it, that's almost stopping the floor from being able to move. So if I was to sell it to someone, even as a supply only option, there's risks that they can come back and have a failure. So going with a dry bag, you're sticking each plank individually onto the subfloor. So it's the risks are sort of minimized with that option. Yeah, I think it's the same with uh, wood as well. I mean, I'm really not a fan of floated wood floors, in, in my opinion. You know, some people love it, whatever. But, but I think you're exactly right. Even with wood installations, if you stick them down with the correct, correct subfloor prep, most of the time, unless something significantly is not right, um, you're not going to have any issues. You're not going to have any squeaks or movement or anything that shouldn't be there. But the floated floors you've got a lot more of a chance of a, a noise or your end customer being disappointed so it's it's exactly the same so and anything else planned for 2023 yeah so another thing that i'm going to be looking to do is sort of build closer partnerships with the retailers that we're supplying and i also want to help other shops being able to improve the way their showroom looks. So there's one at the moment we're doing um, for unique carpets and flooring who came to the new course. Um, so I've pretty much designed his show floor for him. And then I'm helping design where different stands are placed. Um, obviously it's gonna benefit us because we're gonna be supplying them with the LVT, the cars, uh, the subfloor prep such as Uzin and Ardex. So we're gonna be supplying them, but a lot of people haven't been on this journey and designed a showroom and we've obviously had a few showrooms along the way where we've moved in Wembley we've moved twice in Wembley and obviously I've had experience in designing the Luton branch so I've done it a few times and I've done it at the start maybe not the best way and over time you sort of find a better way of displaying and showing the product so this is one thing that I'm going to be looking to do in 2023. Maybe choose a shop uh, every month, maybe help one shop every month improve the way their showroom looks and also help in terms of rebranding products. So carpets, obviously if you people are going online, they're gonna find exactly what the manufacturer call the product. And it sort of reduces the amount of margin the shop can make on that product. So. 
if we can have exclusive ranges for various shops, such as if their best-selling carpet is a certain product, have that made bespoke to them. So sort of help in terms of displaying products and maximizing the space. So just in a similar way where you're getting more LVT as a dryback compared to a click, even the way they're displaying the products, maximizing within a small amount of area, amount of products you can get that is still visible to the end users. So full all round support, not just here's a stand crack on, which is most of the the market does, but no, I think that would be a, a winner when when I've spent time out on the road, getting you rolling your sleeves up and getting involved in the shops definitely seems to be the more productive way to I won't say produce sales, but yes, I mean that's what we're all wanting to do. But by starting from the ground and looking at the customer journey through the shop and looking at where things are placed, because that that's what does produce the income. Um, so it's a lot. I think that's that's class, and I think when when uh, we run. We would run. We when we ran uh, our course uh, from Luton, I think that was one of your key sort of uh, objectives was visit more people's shops more often. Um, so uh, it's great to see that you're executing that ready for next year. Um, so, uh, what is the best way for the listeners to reach out to you, Bavesh? What platforms are you on? Um, so I get a lot of orders from various platforms. So firstly, they can email us. They can call me, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and my WhatsApp is pretty much active during hours and out of working hours as well. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the most busiest WhatsApp uh, um, in uh, in North London. And it's, I think uh, you've said uh, between six and nine is like uh, it's like a call center. <laughs> yeah, so as soon as fitters have finished fitting for the day is when I usually get most of our orders in the evening. So I still do try looking after um, a lot of the fitters and shops after hours, as and when I can. Well, thank you, Pravesh, for coming on the show. It's been class. Thank you very much for having me. If you'd like to find out more information about what we do, you can visit our website at cockerellandco.co.uk. That's cockerellandco.co.uk. We also have an Instagram account, which is cockerellandco, and also we are on Facebook. Once again, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again soon.